I'm Robert Therrell. And I'm Chase Bridges. And we're both screenwriters. Listen along each week as we either work together to write a new short film or go head to head with competing movie pitches. This is Written By. Welcome back to Written By Podcast, the number one podcast in the world. Right behind all the other ones. I know what you're thinking. Chase, why are you wearing sunglasses? It's because I'm a movie star. Yeah. It's a movie star. I'm a He's movie been star. In... I've been in a movie. Yeah. It's first movie. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and not I mean, a short movie. No, either. not a short one. A, a real movie. one. I'm just a movie star, man. So I'm wearing sunglasses. I got yeah. this facial hair now. Uh-huh. It's just movie star. That's just movie star behavior, dude. <laughs> it also it's it's movie star behavior because you grew the facial hair for a role. For a role, yeah. and got an additional role, and they were like, "Yeah, we need it too." Yeah. So I'm just I'm getting typecast as guy <laughs> with a beard, dude. <laughs> movie star behavior. Maybe that's what I need to do to have success in my industry. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. I need to shave my face, and then they're like, "Oh, we need we need the guy with no beard." That might be it, man. You might yeah. just need to switch it up, dude. Uh-huh. I've been telling Robert for a while. He needs to get a sleeve of tattoos, yeah. grow out the beard super long, shave the head. You look like a biker. Dude, I'm uh, I'm getting my first two tattoos Hell end yeah. of the month. I mean, so. heck yeah. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry kiddos. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I got so pumped up about finally having tattoos. And then I realized... Because these are these are two I've been thinking about for a while. I realize both of them aren't really super visible, so oh, yeah, and I just sense. need to get more. I have one on my hand. Mm. I think that's it for me. Yeah. If I get another one, it'll be another small one somewhere because I'm a movie star, and you know, yeah, I don't want to be the makeup can't. chair exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I'm in, I'm in the opposite situation. I realize I'm. Planted enough in my career, yeah. I don't need to worry about no. any of that. So now I'm just gonna go. Crazy. If anything, I'm if just... your tattoos are cool enough, yeah. it'll help you get work. Yeah, about, that dude's exactly. cool. That dude's got a vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we are doing a listener suggestion yes. today from the bowl. From the bowl, our rival pitches song is so cool. Rival, pit- but we don't have one for the from the bowl. Do I we? mean, we have we have that little instrumental, but it's we don't have like the big build up yeah, or anything. But I mean, hey, it's still cool. Whatever. I also, I like that beat though. I used it for my demo reel. It's a good beat. Yeah, written by we, the music uh-huh. and written by. Say what you will about the hosts. Uh huh. The music. Yeah. Top notch. I think honestly, out of all the podcasts I listen to, I yeah. think we got some of the best music. I realize I say I mean, that as the person that produced all the <laughs> music. But- <laughs> Yeah, that's big. That's big calling your shot. But I, I, I produce the music I want to hear in other podcasts. I agree, you know? though. I mean, look, in all the podcasts I listen to, I think that I'm the funniest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to stop before people Funnier think I'm being than serious. Conan. I'm so yeah. Conan wishes he he could do my Arnold impression. He wishes he thought of getting the horse and buggy. <laughs> All let's right, do this, let's bro. reach into this bowl. <laughs> hey guys, 
We don't have nearly as many listener suggestions as we do normal goal suggestions. So be emailing us suggestions, comment, DM us, whatever. We need to fill this bowl up. I mean, to be fair, we're recording these before the season starts. And so that's usually when we start getting them. (laughs) But still, this is your call to action. All right. This is a fun one. It better be. I can't wait to see what we do with this one. Last one was rough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't put it out, so they don't know. (laughs) All right, go ahead. We have, this is from Matthew. Again? I mean, (laughs) I'm just playing. We love Matthew. Matthew, friend of the show. He's star of one of our short films. Again, they don't know that because we aren't putting that episode out. I know. I'm just adding to the okay. lore. <laughs> the lore of the deleted written by episodes. Yeah. We don't have that many of them. We have like four. Yeah. It's about- okay. Ball. From Matthew. We're doing a found footage horror movie. Okay. That's cool. Blair yeah. Witch. Yeah. That's fun. That's kind of up our alley. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think of found footage films because obviously Blair Witch, yeah. Cloverfield, yeah, paranormal I activity. I've seen paranormal activity. Yeah. I've seen the paranormal activity parody movie by the by Marlon Wayans. Oh, <laughs> Haunted House. I think is I've what it's seen called. trailers for that. Yeah, it's not great. Uh huh. No offense, Marlon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what I like about the found footage is it it leans purely on the creativity of the writing and the performances yeah. because. Everything else doesn't have to be polished or anything. Mm-mm. And it's it's really like the um, no-budget indie yeah. movie. Yeah. It's like, if you don't have money for a movie, you typically lean in the horror direction anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you can add not having to have that nice of camera work. Yeah. Dude, I was... I'll say this. This might take us somewhere. Okay. I was thinking that we'd have a resurgence of found footage once iPhone cameras got really good. Mm. And also now we have the Instagram stories, the Snapchats, the Instagram lives. Oh, you lives. think someone would make a found footage yeah. show on one of those social platforms? Yeah, and I haven't seen that yet. I haven't either, but I've always... I mean, I've talked about this before. I don't know if yeah. I have on the podcast. I want to make... I feel like there's like a... They're missing it. Yeah, yeah. A, an episodic TikTok yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will say uh, Unfriended is a really good. It's it's not quite, it's sort of found footage. It's one of those, I'm sure you've seen the trailers, but they make, it's it's everything that happens on a laptop screen. So oh, people, I've are, seen, people yeah. are Zooming and then they're Googling yeah. things. And honestly, I really like the first Unfriended. That's I haven't fun. seen the sequel. but There was one I watched when I was a kid, you know, like in middle school era. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, let's watch a scary movie tonight. Yeah. Um, it was one that had to do with like webcams and yeah. they would turn on and they were watching them yeah. at random times. I always thought that was real spooky, Ooh. but also I, this could just be me. I hate movies and mainly plays mm-hmm. that utilize cell phones. Yeah. I hate it. I don't know yeah. what it is. I, I've thought about this a lot and we've talked about this before. I feel like cell phones are just such an integral part of our life. We need to find creative ways to put them in movies and like i've talked about eighth grade a lot eighth grade yeah bo burnham has talked about like just leaning into what could make a cell phone cinematic which is this little ball of light and it's almost akin to someone writing a letter by candlelight but instead they're looking straight at this light and it's reflecting (laughs) off their eyes and then also we saw 
we saw bodies, 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 bodies together. Used they used really cell phones well. really well. But they still got rid of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used them as flashlights, yeah. which was cool. The Scream movies do a great job with the yeah. phones. But, dude, right. I think I think we should do the first vertical found footage yeah. horror film. Yeah, for TikTok. Yeah. I get... I love well. So many TikTok live streams are already kind of unsettling. That is very true. They're Every creepy. time I accidentally swipe over yeah. to the lives, I all I'm always like, "Oh no, I gotta go back." I remember there's been a couple that I'm like, I need to know what's happening. Yeah, and so I will try to figure out what is going on. Yeah, TikTok lives are just like mm-hmm. the underbelly of society. Yeah, yeah. dude. Also, there there's yeah. so many weird shots that we could have never even dreamed of getting just a decade ago that you could get with a phone like yeah i think like this really stood out to me there's this there's this tiktok where somebody slides their phone under the door and their cat is looking oh, down on the other side dude, that's cool imagine that imagine? but a horror jump scare. yeah yeah we, and, we cooking yeah and you don't even know that like 10 years ago, if you told someone, hey, we're going to slide a camera under the door. They would be, be like, like okay, we have to build a rig. Yeah. And we have to build like a door we up on another level. Six feet under yeah. the door. But now it's just like, yeah, just slide your phone under there, dog. Also, whenever somebody, they put their phone camera facing out on the conveyor belt in the airport baggage Oh, claim, I love that. Or, you see the one at like the sushi restaurant? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. That was like a beautiful short film. Yeah. But and there's honestly, there's something that could be a little unsettling about that because those are just liminal spaces we've never explored before. Like what if yeah. what if you're like, hey, we're gonna put the phone on our bag as it goes through airport baggage claim and That's see cool. what happens. You're watching it. And someone gets killed. <laughs> You're like, oh. Oh, that's fun. Because you were just trying to do a fun, like, ooh, let's see what's Travel behind vlog. this place. And then you witness a murder. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, man, yeah. How do we do this in a short version, yeah, short film yeah. version? So, so I think since we're doing this for, like, social media, ver- media yeah. vertical, we should challenge ourselves by making it 90 seconds. I, I still think we should do like short Okay, film. never mind. <laughs> Edit that out, Robert. I'm I don't sorry, want them to know. Sorry. I don't want them to know I have bad ideas. <laughs> but I'm, I'm still thinking like five minutes. Can't, can't you upload a five minute TikTok? On TikTok, but not on Instagram. Yeah. You know, that's where my peeps at. Because, <laughs> okay, what if we're seeing everything vertical from the perspective of the phone? We get... Camera cuts on, it's shaky, it's being put on a bag, and it's going through the airport. Yeah. And then as it's going, <laughs> we're hearing everyone go, ooh, that looks cool. Ooh, look at that. And then you pass by, and it goes some guy, and he's standing. And, he <laughs> and, and then the guy turns. He sees looks dead the in the lens. He sees the oh, phone. He has so to the- chase it. And so then they're standing there. They have the phone, and they're like, oh, no. Somebody Someone's knows coming we have after this footage. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I almost feel like we shouldn't put this out until we make it. Because this is good. Yeah. Anyone can do like you losers at home could do this. <laughs> the the only thing that would keep us from doing it is we gotta get it to airport. airport. Like is there is, is there, there a something different like location? The sushi well, thing? Yeah, like a restaurant would be more cool. Yeah. Do we or easy. I don't know about more cool, but do be, we have anything like that around? Or, or is it a mall? 
Why did my hands go like that? Maybe, maybe. I'm sure we could find a place like that somewhere around here. But but it's in a restaurant. Someone in the kitchen of the restaurant established. Yeah. And maybe since it's shorter, we could cycle through two or three times. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or what, what other places have conveyor belts? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, Are there other places? There's escalators at the mall, but that doesn't work. It could be like a tr- model train, maybe. But still, that's kind of... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, for the episode, we can go with an airport okay. or something. Yeah. But if we ever chose to do this in real life, we, we would have to rework location. Yeah. Okay, so okay. we can I mean, do- the airport is cool because everybody wonders what goes on back there. Yeah, and it's so hectic and chaotic that it's like, can I get on my plane before yeah. I get murdered? Yeah. Also, it's feasible that the way the conveyor belts go up and down, that someone would be able to see the camera lens and not immediately grab it. So, yeah. Yeah. And so now it's this suspenseful thing where they're trying to get to their plane and get on their plane before the person yeah. – <laughs> catches them uh-huh because and there's levels to it because by the time it gets back around to them the person could have seen them pick up the phone yeah and know that that's who they're after let's get names real quick so okay. that way we don't get confused okay main character it could be guy or girl i'm thinking girl yeah uh what are what are our what are our subscriber patreon names <laughs> i'm glad you asked <laughs> uh we already no, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> Let me pull it up. Okay, guys, we're going to pull our name for the first time ever. <laughs> and guys, if you subscribe to our Patreon for just $5 a month, your yeah. name could be used as a character name. Yeah, we, we pull our character names directly from our patrons or if you join our Discord by signing up for the Patreon, you can submit names. So yeah. if you have a loved one, a sibling. An enemy you want to see brutally murdered in a horror film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and and when you put the name, if you go parentheses ex-girlfriend, we will yeah, make them die. Will, uh- <laughs> okay, how do I do this? <laughs> hey, I would, All right, Jason. All right. Which is... Which is already a horror name, horror name but this yeah. could be uh, the horror hero instead of the yeah. villain. So Jason's our main character. It's called Subversion. <laughs> Ooh, we fancy. <laughs> let's get Jason and a. Uh, let's get a girl. A girl is the girl is the killer a girl, or is he? I don't think we know killer. who the killer. The killer should be like wearing a mask, or like something. Scream almost, like yeah. Ghostface. Yeah, that's cool. Except yeah. it's like a, it's a. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a cool mask. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, so are they, they are coupled together. Yeah. Okay. So Jason and if you signed up for the Patreon, this could be you. But instead, I'll just think of something. Aquafina. But we don't cast her. <laughs> we don't. Ca- we cast someone that sounds completely serious. And yeah, like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like like Helen Mirren. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah, but we I'm make Jason like it. fourteen. <laughs> it's like Helen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I think these people they should be teenagers because teenagers are the type of people that would put their phone on a conveyor belt. Yeah. Or post they're it like on TikTok. Or later. they're young millennials oh, that yeah. want to be vloggers. Oh yeah. And it's like, hey man, you're not talented. Oh wait, <laughs> our victims are travel vloggers. That's fun. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we need like a naturey name. 
like granola. Phoenix or granola. <laughs> granola. Granola. Jason and granola. <laughs> and they call it granola nature valley vlogs. Okay. Okay. So we have our beginning set up, which is we're looking at a con- we're getting the phone on the conveyor belt. We're watching it go through. Someone gets killed. And then all of a sudden we would we would have the video app open. They would pause it. Yeah. Swipe through it. And then then what happens? Wait, what? So we open with them setting the phone on the conveyor yeah. belt. The conveyor belt goes around. We see Shing, yeah. shing. It goes around again. Shing, shing, shing. It goes around a third time and he's tracking the phone. Yeah. Like he sees it, knife in hand. And he watches it go around. And just as the phone can't see him anymore, you see the masked guy run out, like towards yeah, yeah. them. Oh, are you saying that they they don't watch it back? They don't know that they're about to get chased? No, they do. So okay. when the when the phone comes back, they pick it up off the conveyor belt, mm-hmm. clicks the the thing in the in the photo app. If yeah. you're an Apple user, we're only mm-hmm. using Apple. Yeah. Is you click the little box in the corner and it fills full screen, mm-hmm. he starts scrubbing through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Oh wow, look at this." And then they uh-huh. they're standing in they're yeah. standing in the airport, crowds are moving around him and they're like, yeah. "Oh my god. Oh my god." And they realized they they could yeah. be getting chased. Yeah. So yeah, my only thing is now we have to justify like a camera app coming back on or something, maybe, so that we see the rest of the action. Oh, I was oh, because it's found footage. Yeah. And now I see what you were meaning. Yeah. Well, I they're mean, travel vloggers. What if these idiots are vlogging the thing because they think, oh, this is gonna get so many views. Oh, okay. So they immediately see it. They're like, "Oh my god!" They immediately go to the camera app and are like, "Yo, fam, we just saw something crazy." Yeah. I'm honestly so shook, and they're like, "Fake crying for camera." Yeah. So they have they're vlogging everything yeah. as they're running. That's fun. Yeah. This says cool. a lot about their their character. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it gives us this kind of like, okay, like this message. You know, like yeah. we have a message that we're trying to convey here yeah. that basically says, like, in our society now, uh-huh. we're so caught up in sharing yeah. everything yeah. that if we saw someone get murdered, uh-huh. we would want to vlog it instead of exactly. just trying to f- be scared. Yeah, we're just all we're so deep. focused on our phones. Yeah, man, and I, I think that the phones, and not a lot of people have said this. This might be controversial. Okay, yeah. I think phones are killing. Uh, the mental health of people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you brought the mental health conversation yeah. into that. Just, well, I just no know, one's doing that. You're, I, I feel like we need to create more awareness for mental health because I don't feel really? like people talk about it enough. Well, I've never heard of mental health before. Well, let me explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to what you should read a book about thirteen things you should do to make your life better. <laughs> I thought you were making a 13 Reasons Why joke. And I was like, geez, Rob. No, that's a a Jordan Peterson (laughs) joke. Oh, even worse. Sorry to all my. Oh, my God. I was at a coffee shop today. There were the two most (laughs) obnoxious tweets. I was tweeting about it. (laughs) Bro, your response to that one tweet, our buddy Drew said, uh, he said, like, he used like a term. And Robert just responds with, don't know what it is, don't care what it is. (laughs) I I am so glad that. I've managed to make a living 
<laughs> doing film for so long because I, I cannot stand business people. I yeah. especially can't stand freaking real estate people. Yeah, Rob will be going in on real estate, dudes. Okay, so so what what does the chase look like? Because yeah, I think what he look- looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> what we could do? I'm trying to think how we have a chase happen. <laughs> I could, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. In an airport where there would probably be other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it immediately becomes like, can they make it mm-hmm. to their flight in time? Yeah. Well, I would think that if they're sitting in an airport waiting for a flight, their first move might be to go to a security person. Okay, so that's try to be our show first them. beat. So maybe the first beat, they try to show it. They see a security person in the distance. They try to run over to him, but then something just pushes them aside and maybe the phone it flies out and lands on the ground and maybe it's not even maybe it's just these three people fighting over a phone and so it doesn't even look like someone's about to get killed or anything the guy so the masked guy doesn't even necessarily want to kill them he wants to get the footage yeah okay here's the thing i'm just gonna bring this up okay if he's wearing a mask, why does he care if he's caught on camera? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe he's not wearing a mask then. He okay. just shouldn't wear he's a mask. He's just a guy. Yeah. He's just a guy. He had a little falling out in the inside the airport. We'll call him TSA guy. Yeah. That's what they'll call him because yeah. obviously they wouldn't know his name. I would, I would think guy. this is probably too much for a short, but if I was building a feature out, yeah. I would say that there was some something really valuable in some luggage that was also illegal, and he was hired to make sure it got through oh, when someone almost caught him. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, for a feature, though. Yeah, that's for a feature, but, uh, you know, you can keep that backstory in mind. I think that's what's going on with him. Okay. He killed someone over that, so they try to get it to the security guard. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phone's knocked out. They're fighting over a phone. And, of course, we could, we could plan out beats of how that would look cool found footage-wise. Like, we're just watching the phone being snatched around and stuff. But uh, I'm mainly just trying to think of where where do we end this thing. Like, it, it'd be cool if we could end with a kill. But, of course, it's got to happen discreetly. I think it would be cool if it ends there in their plane seats. They made it to the plane. Uh-huh. And they finally are like... <sighs> and they're in... Three seats. Yeah. They're, they're the uh, window, middle, and then someone sits down on the end seat and just leans over. Stab. <laughs> stab. Huh. And then stands up and walks off the plane <laughs> huh. before they take off. <laughs> hmm. I just, I don't know if we would see all that. Through the phone, you know. Yeah. That's the thing we got to think about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We just got to work through this. So, um, they, they, so, I'm trying to look at this through the frame of an iPhone. Yeah, let's, so, let's just pull our phones Yeah, up they're like, oh my this. God. Okay. Oh, dude. Oh, someone killed somebody. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're not making this up. We're not making this up. We're this not is real. At all. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you're actually recording. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it like, it drops on the ground. 
face up like that, and then we're just seeing yeah. the actual people swiping. It's getting moved yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting Kick kicked Robert's around. <laughs> um, before that, though, so they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. The phone looks up. It sees a security guard over there. And they're like, yeah. we got to go show them. We got to go tell them. They're trying to get through the crowd. Uh-huh. Boom, boom. Bop. The phone gets hit. As the phone gets hit, you hear like, hey, man, watch it. It stumbles across the floor. What about, since this is found footage, I really want to do something that we could feasibly do. Yeah. What if... What if we make it to where there's no crowd? Like maybe they're since they're travel vloggers, they could be at a smaller, well, not too small because there's a conveyor belt, but they could they could be at like an airport at two a.m. or something. Oh, okay, not a lot of people. Yeah. Also, a fight could play out longer without someone intervening. Interrupting. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So in that case, oh my god, oh my god, we gotta get yeah. we gotta get to the plane. We gotta get to the plane. They see a security guard. Mm-hmm. How do we play that? How do we play that if they see a security guard? It's pretty empty. What could happen? They see the security guard. They're running over to where he is. He's a good distance away. They're running past the bathroom. Then something just pushes them in. Then most of Ooh. it could take place in the bathroom. We could also, we could even get that shot we were talking about sliding out the, the door under a bathroom stall. It gets kicked under there. And then there's like a Ooh. reveal on the other side of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're in the... Because what, what we really need to lean into with found footage is the camera can't just be pointed anywhere. So there's a lot... We're not seen, which doesn't work for most movies, but for horror, but it plays it even cool. better. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that scene in Jurassic Park uh-huh. where uh, at the end when the T-Rex comes in, it's like yeah. obviously they would have seen the T-Rex, yeah. but because he's out of frame, yeah. they don't play it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay, okay, okay. Also, yeah, if, if a majority of it takes place in a bathroom, we could shoot at any bathroom. It doesn't have to be in an airport. Right. So. We would just need the airport for the beginning. Yeah. Which would, we could cheat probably. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, so okay. So they got in the thing. Oh my God! Someone's someone yeah. just got. She just killed that guy. Oh my God! Let's go. Hey, there's a security guard, and they start running. Uh, maybe Jason, the mm-hmm. husband or boyfriend or whatever, yeah. is behind. She's in front. Mm-hmm. He's trying to hold the camera still, so mm-hmm. that's why he's going a little bit slower. Yeah. She runs right by the bathroom. A hand reaches out, drags her into the bathroom. Yeah. He runs into the bathroom after. Yeah. And that's how all three of them get in the bathroom. Yeah. At some point, I think it's three people trapped in a bathroom, kicking around a phone. Yeah. I think at one point, he's got Jason, the husband. He stabs him. Oh, snap. The wife... He's blocking the door so she can't get out. So she goes into a stall and tries to hide. And just, I want to see that shot. Because it's one of those big airport bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that shot of... She's hiding. Yeah, the phone is over here. And we're seeing stab, stab, dude falls down past the phone. And then the phone gets slid under the stall and she's up there yeah it gets kicked yeah 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 yeah. it could it's so the, the phone is like it's fallen and it's like laid up against the floor yeah. in the sink like this and so you can see the boyfriend get stabbed yeah. or the husband get stabbed and then the killer walks up and he sees the phone and he picks it up 
oh wait, you know what has to happen? As the husband is dying, the husband kicks the phone under the stall. She picks it up. She switches the phone with the footage to her phone that doesn't have the footage. So the killer thinks that he has the phone with the footage on it. Oh, but he doesn't. Oh, that's cool. So the killer picks up the wrong phone, yeah. walks out of the bathroom. And she's sitting there and she's scared. And just when she's like, she puts her foot down, like she's going to leave, the phone slides under the stall again. Only thing I'm thinking about is if the killer knows, if she's watched the killer kill her husband, killer's going to have to kill her too so that's fair there's not yeah there's not like a feasible she's escaping maybe she runs off somewhere else and so he's chasing her still oh okay so she manages to sneak out of the bathroom right 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 with the phone with the footage because she just now she still wants to try to make her flight well, I don't know at that point if she wants to make her flight, but I think that she's well, already okay. past TSA. I, th- I think she does want to make her flight because let's play it. She's in, she's in like Costa Rica at two a.m. Oh, trying stranded to, with a killer. She's still trying to get out. Right. She doesn't have somewhere safe to go outside of the yeah. airport, so she's trying to get to the plane. But she's probably trying to get a security guard or That's somebody. True. That's true. Yeah. But we could play it as as uh, they don't speak. English if she's in a foreign place she's in like Germany Uh or something they don't speak English maybe okay or this is a five minute short film it could end there in the bathroom she could die too she could yeah maybe maybe it ends in the bathroom but she manages to she switches the phones we see through the phone with the footage trying to think about this i want to see her like texting the footage to someone else so the killer still gets caught so it's like it's a good ending and a bad ending it's like she dies but she still got him so maybe we got the video it's going she picks it up we swipe away from the camera app and then we see her Put the footage in a text message. Wait. Send it out. Hold on. Okay. This is, we've got it. We've okay. got it. We see her select all of the footage that they've shot, including yeah. what she's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. I don't know how that works. But she selects all the footage, posts it to TikTok. We are watching. We don't know if she lives or not because uh-huh. all we're watching is the found oh, footage. yeah. Yeah. Which she posted before uh-huh. whatever happened happened. Yeah. That's a cool ending because we're we don't know what happened to her because we're watching what happened. Okay. Yeah. So the end of it is her uploading the file we're watching to the platform we're watching. Yes. Isn't that sick? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Let me put on my movie star glasses, baby. And so then we can lean into the ethos of hey, everyone on TikTok, the killer's out there. Help us find him. And the poor actor we get to play the killer. It's going to look so real, like, TikTok's going to take it down. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I didn't think but about that. But, but, but for, like, the hour it's up, it's going to be legendary. People are going to be, be talking, talking about, about it. About it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if anything, now I just want to build out the bathroom scene where we could plan some scares that lean into the found footage-ness of it. I think that's the only thing we're missing. 
because yeah yeah first part is cool yeah and the ending is cool cool. too yeah yeah so it's just the bathroom beats so they get pushed into the bathroom we got to think about it real hard because we can't shoot it like a normal fight yeah well i mean it wouldn't really be like a normal fight either because it's this killer with a knife versus two people who are unarmed so it would probably be... <laughs> Dude, you know it would be a cool shot? I'm just trying to think of cool found footage shots yeah. builder from there. What if the phone gets put in a bag or a purse, but somehow the camera's face... Not, like, okay, she... <laughs> Killer's trying to grab the phone. They manage to stuff it in someone's backpack. Mm-hmm. But then they end up swinging the backpack to try to hit her, not knowing it's in there. So we get the cool shot of the phone Boosh. slamming straight in his face. That's cool. Yeah, that's fun. And then I just trying to think of all the ways the phone could travel. Because let's so say, the second, so when the bag hits his face, the phone flies out of the bag yeah. and scatters yeah. across the floor. So it start they're holding it, going in the bathroom, but they get kind of pushed. Maybe it gets tossed from one person to the other. The killer tries to get it. They're fighting. They they're trying to hand it off. They put it in a bag. Other person doesn't know it's in a bag. Swings what? the bag. It goes scattering across the floor. And then it goes on the floor. And then we see shots from above of people trying to grab at it yeah yeah yeah. maybe so i'm trying to think in a bathroom uh oh maybe it lands in a sink i was just about and to say the that killer yeah. turns the water on and the water's hitting the <laughs> camera and then you see a, a different hand scoop it up yeah and it's also an apple commercial because the killer thinks that's going to destroy it but apple phones are waterproof now <laughs> water resistant <laughs> also that's another shot that, that's cool though yeah a lot of people wouldn't think you'd be able to get is like under the sink yeah, water pouring that's out the cool that's, yeah okay so we have that um <laughs> what are some other cool shots he tries to flush it dude <laughs> <sighs> only thing is i don't i don't know if a bathroom sink would work the same way but what would be cool phone lands in the sink water gets poured on it we just hear a bunch of fighting and then smash the phone falls out of the sink and then we see that dude's head has been oh, smashed on yeah the sink. yeah that's cool i just you don't know how we do that for real i, I don't know sink. how you do that in an airport i don't know if their their sinks are kind of more on the wall than i watched i mean when i was in middle school the fights in the bathroom dude i watched someone bust their head open on a sink okay hold on i just just gotta i gotta bring up an image of an airport bathroom i've been in one i've been in several (laughs) i'm a world traveling movie star dog dude when when was your first flight again because for the longest time last last year year. yeah yeah i went to portland yeah just doing movie star stuff I've only been on a plane <laughs> once. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying, though. It's like most airport bathrooms are, they have sinks like that, which probably wouldn't break as easy. Oh, the local one, though, doesn't have those. They have like the individual, I think, or like the two person. At, I don't know. Either way, it's still dope. You smash someone's head in on it. Oh, you know what? Here's how we fix it it's just in a urinal like that. Okay. That'll smash. Yeah, that'll yeah. smash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I still think it would be cool to get the sink shot, but we can just have a hand pick it oh, up. Oh, that was right. Yeah. We'll just have a hand that. pick it we up. And then we yeah. can have it at some point. We'll either we can land have the hand the pick it off. We could get them wiping the yeah. lens off. Yeah. That's yeah, a cool yeah, yeah. Shot. And then he could even say something that's like filmed on iPhone. <laughs> Water resistant. 
In between this massive fight, you just hear, is the footage fine? It's like, yeah, I got the iPhone 10. It's water resistant. <laughs> it's like, wait, it's water resistant for real? I thought it was just like up to a certain amount of minutes. It's like, no, it doesn't matter what water it gets on, even if it's completely <laughs> If we survive this, I'll definitely be investing in one. <laughs> and then the killer's like, really? Water resistant? <laughs> All right, anyway, so <laughs> that's bad for me, but I'm a bad guy. So that's good for Apple. <laughs> Um, Apple's making it harder to commit murder <laughs> in an airport bathroom. So we definitely, um, at one point, maybe maybe the killer turns the lights out at one point. Things yeah. aren't going the way he wants. Uh-huh. Turns the lights out. The guy, Jason, has the phone, and he's like, it's dark. Like, and you can't really see... Mm-hmm. And then you just see his face. It's in selfie mode. And then you just see his face over the shoulder, knife in the air, stab. The phone goes flying through the floor or flying through the air, hits the floor. That's when it slides under the stall where she's yeah. hiding. Okay. I, I like the beat where he gets killed and then slides under. Yeah. I'm worried turning off the lights almost punctures the momentum a bit. Okay, so you think maybe he just he picks it up from where it had, ever it had fallen? The second he picks it up, guys behind him with a knife, shink. Well, actually, probably probably the end beat would be phones in a urinal, his face gets smashed <laughs> in the urinal, and then we're just getting footage of him getting stabbed on the ground. But he manages, he slides the phone under the stall. We see her. We hiding. see her. And then we see her switch the phone. So she's holding the phone like this. She slides her phone out. Yeah. We hear him done killing him, picking up the phone. We hear him pick the decoy phone off the tile. Yeah. Meanwhile, that's when she swipes over, a, uploads yeah, the footage. Uploads to it TikTok. to TikTok. And that's the end. Yeah. So we don't know if she lives or dies. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm excited about the 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 found footage phone fight. Yeah, that's, that's sick, yeah. dude. Because again, there's so many shots you could only get on a phone. On iPhone. Yeah. Sponsored. I can't believe no one's done a found footage iPhone. Like, I'm sure I, I mean, I'm sure has, someone yeah. has. I'm sure someone has. Up. And again, like the the unfriended stuff is kind of close. It's a laptop screen though. There was a there was a that Uber driver found footage horror. There's like an Uber driver killing someone and we see the dash cam. Yeah, I mean that's similar, but But it's not we're not getting under doors and in the sink on a conveyor belt. There's one called hashtag selfie short home home horror film. Yeah. This is a cool idea. Yeah, this is sick. I'm looking at uh, there's really not like not much is coming up. Scratch is a found footage horror comedy on an iPhone 6. Okay. So, garbage. Yeah. An did, iPhone did you 6? know There's- Steven Soderbergh shot two features on iPhone? Yeah. And it's it's kind of fun. He's in the stage of the career where he could do that just because there's no like That's practical cool. reason for him to do it. He's just yeah. like, I want to do it. And he did it. Good for him. Yeah. They probably didn't do well though, right? They didn't. I saw I saw the first one in theaters though, because this is when Movie Pass was the thing. And honestly, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Movie Pass is back, baby. 
All right. Got this outline. This found footage. Yeah. iPhone horror. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Everyone's like, how do we get the TikTokers to watch films? It's like, well, the written by boys. <laughs> written by boys are bringing film to you. Yeah. So, so tell that to all your execs that we, we're, we're hip with the kids. We know. Yeah. And we're, we're hip with the kids, so we're going to cast Michael Caine in this. <laughs> yeah. Get you in the bathroom. Yeah, the hella Vera did. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have James Hong be the killer. <laughs> At 95 years old. (laughs) Michael, okay. We got to make our flight. (laughs) All right, go ahead. But first, let's let's put it on the conveyor belt. (laughs) That'll be a good laugh. A good good chuckle. We got to put our our phone on the conveyor belt so we can watch it go round and round. (laughs) And when you go round and round, we see a murder. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what Michael kind does. We watched a phone go round and round. <laughs> that sounds like something that when they eventually make the Michael Caine AI, people are going to make yeah. it say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I make the phone go round and round. Like, I don't, it's probably already old by this point, but I love how we got accurate AI voices. And the instant we got that, it's just the past four presidents playing Call of Duty. It's like yeah, the main thing we're doing. But with you know it. what? Everyone was like, man, this is going to destabilize governments, countries. We aren't going to be able to trust what we're seeing. And so far, it's just Memes. Biden and Trump playing COD. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people expected. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're a simple creature. I mean, we'll we'll find a way to make it bad eventually. Yeah, but for, but now, for now, it's just yeah. memes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Found footage horror. We open. It's shaky iPhone footage. Yeah. Of this cam, the front facing camera. Yeah. Or, which one's the front face? The front is facing is the one this? that faces the so front of you. Is it? What is this called? This is just your rear camera. It's the rear. I would camera. call it the rear one. I mean, I don't know. There might be a better word for it. I don't. Anyway, it's this camera for y'all watching the video. The it's being placed on a bag that's about to go through the the conveyor belt inside the airport where all the luggage goes and so we're watching it travel through the conveyor belt it's dark and then we see the inside of the airport which everyone always wonders what that looks like and it's very much playing like this isn't even a film this is just cool footage of what what's going on inside there but we start to hear some yelling just kind of off screen and then the camera is just just rolling on past these two guys in the distance and they're in the middle of a fight and one of the guys pulls out a knife and stabs the other guy and it's very much just a little in the distance to where you almost wouldn't catch it if you weren't also hearing it and the way the conveyor belt's set up is the camera's starting to get a little closer to these people it's kind of turning around them so we're getting like a 180 almost Michael Bay type shot just a lot slower and then it's going towards them the dude is stabbing this guy he's falling down and he's finally he can't fight back he's dead and then the dude is looking around to see if anyone saw breathes a sigh of relief and then as the camera is starting to kind of pass him and go away dude looks up and our piece of luggage looks straight into the lens his eyes get wide he sees that lens he knows 
that this camera has caught him doing this murder. And then the moment that happens, the video pauses. We see the video app. It's They've hit pause on it. The screen goes black for a little. And then it comes back on. And now we're at the front-facing camera, and we see two travel vloggers. This is Jason and Granola. They're in the middle of an airport. You forgot we named her that, didn't we? I did, too. And I'm writing all this serious stuff, and it's happened to Granola. <laughs> but we're sticking with well, it. Their, their travel vlog is called Nature Valley with Granola. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Jason. Just, yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> So two travel vloggers are looking dumbfounded. Their faces are completely white. Their eyes are wide. And they're still vlogging. They're like, guys, guys, we just saw the craziest thing. We tried to put our phone on the, to see the inside of the luggage claim or whatever. And we saw someone murder someone. He's like, oh my God, we gotta, we gotta show this to someone. Jason is like, there's a security guy over there. Let's go. And so we get frantic footage of them walking they're still vlogging the whole thing because that's what they do right but then we see jason kind of turn the camera toward granola he was on his right the wall is on the other side of her as he's turned the camera towards her we see they're passing a bathroom the bathroom door is there and then all of a sudden just something shoves them into the bathroom The phone goes crazy. It's all shaky. They're screaming. And then what happens is we manage to see footage of the killer has shoved them both into a bathroom. And he is now trying to get the phone. And so we're seeing shaky footage of a fight as people are grabbing for the phone. Jason hands it to Granola. Killer pushes Granola up against the wall. Is trying to grab the phone. We're seeing the hand go over the lens. Granola manages to toss the phone to Jason. Jason grabs it, and so we see a good little wide. Then the killer goes straight towards the phone, towards Jason, pushes him up against the wall. Jason manages to get the phone. He reaches and puts it into the backpack pocket of Granola's backpack. And so when it's on the backpack, we manage to see a shot of the mirror. And so now we're seeing kind of a more wide shot of these two people that are trying to fight this killer and, and yeah, just basically manage to get out of the bathroom. Granola tries to run away, but the killer grabs her, pushes her back in. And then Granola, she swings the book bag off, which of course is what the camera is planted on. And then we watch her as the POV swings the book bag at the killer the lens goes right into his face and then of course after that the the phone falls to the ground the killer manages to grab it and he puts it in the sink and so we're seeing front facing camera we're looking up at the faucet the killer turns the faucet on water pours onto the lens and so we're just seeing water but we're hearing a bunch of fighting and screaming and punching Jason manages to grab the phone out of the sink you see his hand grabbing it he wipes the lens clean it's still recording everything it still looks good to him he tries to run out of the bathroom but then the killer grabs him the phone falls it lands face up in a urinal And we only see it for a second because then we see Jason's head 
flying straight down towards it. It hits the urinal. It breaks the urinal. The phone falls out and it kind of lands at an angle, hopefully. And then we just see Jason's bloody face slam onto the ground. And we just see him as he's getting stabbed repeatedly in the back by this killer. We're starting to watch him die, but Jason sees the phone. He grabs it and he discreetly slides it across the bathroom floor. We're seeing it looking up at the bathroom floor. It slides under a bathroom stall. And then we see Granola hiding in the stall on the other side. Granola picks up the phone and she's thinking quick. And so she grabs her own phone out of her pocket because this is Jason's phone that we have. Mm-hmm. And we see her slide her phone back out the bathroom stall as a decoy. And so we hear Jason have one less gasp and then he dies. We hear the killer pick this decoy phone up from the tile. So we think the plan's working. And then the footage just stops. And then we just see an iPhone home screen. And then we see her go into TikTok, go to the upload part. And then she uploads both of the video clips that we just watched. She presses post on TikTok. And then that's the end. Wow. We don't know what happened because now you're yeah. watching her upload the footage to the platform that you're probably watching this she on. Won. Yeah. And you're like, oh, did she make it? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Until we make the sequel shot yeah. on Android. Oh, <laughs> you can't see nothing. Yeah, it's, it's 280p. No, you get that embarrassing green message. Yeah. <laughs> One drop of water fries it. <laughs> Okay, so I was thinking of some names. Okay. I thought I think shot on iPhone's a fun one. <laughs> so so immediately you see her upload the footage to TikTok and then you get that sound that of the shot on iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what what's that song they use? It was I don't a, know. it was the TikTok trend for a while. Yeah. Be like do 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 just shot on iPhone. Text. Yeah, let me pull it up. <laughs> That's fun. That ruins the TikTok illusion a little, but it's also <laughs> It's so fun. It's though. so fun. <laughs> so you witness two brutal murders and then do 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 shot on iPhone. I can't find it. But anyway, okay. Uh, and then I also thought, well, what if we named it what she would have captioned it? Oh, what yeah. she would have captioned the TikTok. Yeah. Which I don't know what that is, but I was like, that would be cool. Well, honestly, title. she probably wouldn't have time to put a title or anything. So the description, because I think they make you do a description. The description would probably just be a bunch of random letters. So the title Ooh, of it would be like jumbled. lowercase x one exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah we went really like experimental yeah. this week, man. Yeah, so let's call it, yeah, so it would jumbled be letters. Jumbled best parentheses found footage horror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know what we haven't done this season, I don't think? What? This has been... How have we forgotten that? That's like our whole thing. Dang. Well, sorry we've messed that up, <laughs> but we're going to start right now. Right now, yeah. All right. And this has been... Jumbled letters, parentheses, found footage, unparentheses. Written by Robert Therrell and Chase Bridges. 
I would have totally forgotten this whole season if he didn't bring yeah, that up. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe we forgot that. I mean, we've only shot a couple episodes, though. So. Yeah. Last week on Written By. A lot of people wanted him up against me. I also thought about that. There's a guy who's already written the screenplay. I know this dude. We've talked about yeah, this Yeah, we talked dude. about it the other day. Yeah. So he's already written like a whole screenplay for the Muppets. What was his name again? Ben Crew. Great Ooh. Twitter follow. Great Twitter follow. That dude just be doing stuff. Really dude. cool guy. He's awesome. Yeah. We gotta get him on this show. All right, guys. Before we go, today we have a really special guest. Uh, this guest is a screenwriter. He is a filmmaker, documentarian, but uh, we know him as a, as a Twitter celebrity, almost. You might know him as the screenwriter behind Muppets Present Great Gatsby, the full over 100 pages screenplay adaption of Great Gatsby in the Muppet style, or from Batman the Silent Motion Picture, where our guest completely re-edited Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie to look like a silent film. Guys, we have Ben Crew with us today. Sup? Hey, you guys. Yeah. If we had a studio audience, they would have gone crazy. Trust me. Exactly, yeah. Oh, it's, it's in my head. They're going crazy <laughs> right now. They're screaming. I was telling you before we got started, man. I, so I'm a huge, like, you're my favorite person to follow on Twitter. Oh, thanks. Uh, when I, I DM'd you, I was talking to Robert, and I was like, I was like, this dude tweets, like, how my brain works. Like, he's like, it, you, I don't even know. That's how we're going to start this. You tweet so many times in a day. And each tweet is, is like – it's like a hyperfixation on a niche piece of entertainment and it's exactly somehow what I was thinking about that week. I, uh, in preparation for this interview, I scrolled through just the past week of tweets and we have you writing out – a full scene from 30 Rock <laughs> where the characters are talking about Twitter blue. You have Martin Scorsese and Timmy Chalamet on a film set. And you tweeted about your huge Madman fan. And you tweeted oh, about yeah. how you want to do an update where a 70 year old John Draper is pitching the Quiznos sponge monkey ad, just like random stuff like that. That is all. That was great. I mean, because uh, now the guy who created that ad follows me on Twitter. Oh, I, I connected that. with him. That. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about, you know, uh, using an online platform like that is, yes, you do have real connections in the industry, you know, that you can use to further your career. But also, like, that's a commercial I saw obsessively when I was a kid and like now I've talked <laughs> to the guy who made it. It's just such weird, That's random cool. things like that. You know, that if like I talked to, you know, my coworkers or something, look at me like I'm insane. You know, they're like, I'm like, Hey, the, the guy who made the Quiznos commercial follows me. And they're just like, okay, uh, I'm going to go home, you know, to my wife and kids and they're not going to understand anything you talk about today. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's cool that, you know, as a creator, as a, you know, a creative person online, you can connect with other creative people and they understand your madness. That's what you're saying with the hyper niche fixations is yeah. I'm glad, you know, you start out with like, he tweets so much in a day. And most people like my mom would be like, you tweet too much. Um, no, dude, but it gives me something to read at work. <laughs> um, that's what my friends call it. They call it like reading the paper. Uh, so yeah. let's check at the end of the day and uh, look at everything I've gone through. Uh, but really focusing on hyper niche things. I mean, that is, it, the elephant in the room right now is that Twitter is in such an interesting state uh, because yeah. you, of course, have the Twitter blue things and you have people who want to get attention. They want <laughs> to have such a following as a creative and they are just constantly bombing with their bits because yes. they're paying to have their bits be seen first and they're not good. 
And mm-hmm. the way that I built up really a following on Twitter is just by having so many hyper niche fixations that yeah. there are so many specific people. Like if you're a huge Columbo fan, you see me and you're like, oh, he loves Columbo. <laughs> yeah. If you like Mad Men, you're like, oh, he likes Mad Men. And there's always like, you know, one week where I'm just going hard at Columbo or Mad Men. And it's like the only thing I tweet about. And it just slowly builds up the other people who are just so obsessively focused on something like Columbo or Mad Men. But they're like, yeah, now here's sure. a guy. You, you just have so many niche hyper fixations that the other people who have those fixations are going to focus on you 100 percent, man like a, a few months ago now probably four or five i did a I, I watched all of the universal monster movies like the classic ones from the oh, 30s yeah. and 40s working our way through and i was like i kept trying to talk to everybody about them and nobody was quite getting it and then i follow you on twitter and immediately i see like you have like a van helsing uh book that you're working on is all of these niche jokes and i'm like oh man this guy gets it yeah um uh i was gonna joke i've seen all the dark universe films too but i, I uh, haven't I no haven't. <laughs> you haven't wow that's so funny I haven't. um uh, no that's that that'll be when twitter really dies when i go through my dark universe phase um no i grew up watching those universal monster films and those were really the beginning i guess of having a hyper hyper fixation on media were, you know, I can, I was always destined to be like a big horror fan, but my parents wouldn't let me watch like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a kid. It's right. so like, here's the Universal Monster films. And that immediately was, let's burn through all those. Let's watch all those. And, you know, first hyperfixation, want to create my own monster films. And it's just, you just get to a point where, you know, you don't let one thing become your whole personality, but it feeds into the other things um, as For a creative. Sure. You're allowed to, that's when it does become a, bit sad with some creatives is where they if if i only ever talked about the muppets that's a bit sad i love the muppets <laughs> they're such a special yeah. part of my life but like yeah. if it had been two years since i wrote that script and you're looking at my thing and if you look at my twitter and i'm still like making kermit jokes you know um yeah. you, you think there must be something else going on in this guy's life um <laughs> so you know i love kermit the frog i love everything i did with that um but there are other things in your life as a writer and that is something, sure. I, like I said, a lot of writers, they have either one success or they have something that gets a little attention and becomes everything they do afterwards. Yeah. And that's important not to become stagnant as a writer, to, as a creative, that you need to have, as I said, you're informed as to what makes you the creative that you are. That I grew up watching the Monster films, of the Muppets later, yada, 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 got in the Columbo, all those things, but they serve a greater purpose as a creative. Mm-hmm. And that's why, if you look at my Twitter, it just is a madness of ever-changing <laughs> hyperfixations. I didn't watch Mad Men until last year, and now it's like now the thing you're... that everybody knows me for. And yeah, for sure. I know that's it's it's it it like shocks people when they find out that I didn't watch it until last year. Yeah, because you tweet about it like someone who's dissected every frame for the past twenty-five years. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just good with memory. I think that you know, it just uh, if I if I watch something, it sticks in my head. Um, sure. So I'm able to yeah. remember like the funniest moments where Don is collapsing drunk on the ground, you know, uh, from season five. Dude, so you you mentioned the Muppet script. Since you yeah. have all these hyper fixations, what is it about the Muppets that is like this is the one I need to sit down and write a full screenplay? So the story of how Muppets Great Gatsby happened was a little funny. That um, there was an article that got published uh, uh, January first, twenty twenty one that said, hey, The Great Gatsby is now in the public domain. 
the, the Muppets should do a, uh, you know, Great Gatsby adaptation. And I read that article and I went, oh, this is a really funny idea. And I was joking with my brother and friends. I was like, yeah, I think the Kermit would be Gatsby. And he was, my brother was saying like, oh, well, you need to have Tom Buchanan be a human because the human is always the bad guy. And we were just joking about it. And um, the reason it's so stupid as to why the script happened, <laughs> but the script happened because of the January 6th insurrection. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that. I was watching the news before everything went down because I obsessively consume news media as well. And uh, I saw it starting to get bad. And I said, this could, it's like, surely this can't get any worse. And then it obviously got worse. And I get so, as I said, hyper fixated and focused on what I'm doing and watching that as that got really bad, I said, Absolutely not. I cannot watch this. There's no scenario watching this helps me with my day. I'm just going to be stuck, you know, watching the news for a week with nothing going on in my life and I can't do anything about it. So I said, you need to find a way to distract yourself. So I, you know, turned off the news and walked over, opened uh, my writing software and uh, turned on an audio book of The Great Gatsby and I started writing. And then January 14th, uh, the script was put online and went viral. So that was wow. the timeline, January 6th to January 14th. And I didn't watch the news any during that time. Um, and uh, people act a little shocked of how quickly that was written. Yeah. And it's not – the book is fully written already and you just know you can <laughs> add in Miss Piggy doing karate. Um, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was – the only question was how do you do Kermit you know, floating in his pool at the end? And it, as the Muppets <laughs> always do, it just gets meta at the end and addresses that. Yeah. Um, sure. that was a very short writing period for it, but I feel that script was a very fun thing to do. That was kind of an escape from reality during, you know, uh, the pandemic hadn't even been a year time. yet in America and you obviously had January 6th and I needed some kind of escape as a writer where I'm not just writing dull, depressing scripts. There are self inserts of my own life in the pandemic. You need to have some kind of form of escape. Um, yeah. and I was telling you guys this earlier, but I, I write these fun scripts that are, you know, for established properties and I write them very quickly because I feel like, you know, if I told someone, Hey, I've been working on a Muppet Great Gatsby script and I've been working on it for months. <laughs> they'd be like, did they hire you to do that? I'm like, no, I'm just doing yeah. it. They'd be like, Oh gosh, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I always recommend that other writers write outside of when you write for another property. It's interesting because you see your own voice uh, appear with those characters mm -hmm. and you're able to, you know, see, more visibly identify your own style as a writer, but also learn how to write for other characters, for another voice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And you're able to learn if you're able to effectively do that, um, which is yeah. funny if you like read someone else's Muppet script and you're just like, I see your parents divorce in this, you know, it's, you can still see their, <laughs> yeah. as yeah, a writer, how the they carry, uh, <laughs> their own style and their own tropes, uh, yeah. into writing for an established thing. So that's like every year or six months or, you know, like I did, I did that, you know, a Mad Men Quiznos thing. And that was a couple yeah. days. That was yeah. not hard to do. That was, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even think I proofread that one. Uh, that one wasn't being sent off uh, to the producers or agents. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go through the timeline a little bit of kind of like the projects that you talk about, these quick little fun projects of other properties that kind of blow up. So was Muppets Gatsby the first one that really started getting you some attention online? Because I know there was like articles yeah, about that. Yeah, so my experience as a writer uh, is that for a 
since 2017, uh, there's a horror screenwriting contest, which I've helped work with and moderates. And the way that they write scripts is that you're given a, a subject like, you know, home invasion. Then you're given a condition um, that's like characters in a wheelchair. And you're given six weeks to write a screenplay in that time. Wow. And um, that was a way to train myself to you have to write a full length script that you had not thought of ever, ever before the moment you were assigned something. And you have six weeks to do it. And it's a very interesting process to not a lot of writers like slowly fall into their stories and yeah. slowly learn uh, what it is they're going to be writing. But with that contest, the way it is, is it's like, you know, you are writing something you were not thinking of an hour ago. It suddenly popped yeah. in your head. You have six weeks ago. So that trained me and taught me um, how to create something within a short period of time. Um, and so then whenever, you know, Gatsby happened, it, that was part of also why I was able to do it so quickly and efficiently is because I had been basically learning how to speed write scripts. And also you had so much more free time and, you know, uh, that first year of the pandemic. That's very um, true. So very I felt true. like use this as a writer to um, <laughs> go after uh, what the stories that make you happy. Um, so when you talk about a timeline with things, it's interesting because after that was when I, I did the Batman edit, but the Batman edit got no attention until last year. And so that's another thing I kind of want to stress is when I wrote Muppets Gatsby, it was written for me. It was yeah, yeah. something I thought was fun. Uh, I had a blast writing it and it's been a wonderful joy that so many people have enjoyed it. And it's reached out to so many other Muppets fans, and I've met so many other cool people as connections because of writing that script. I mean, still today, uh, when I meet people, they say, you're the Muppets Gatsby guy. And that's like the icebreaker. It's been an immediate icebreaker for me as a writer and for making friends. It's just been a wonderful thing in my life. Um, awesome. But if it, if it had never taken off, I wouldn't be sad. That wasn't right, it was why you. I wrote it. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't some master plan to write Gatsby and then move <laughs> to I'm going to go viral off this um, one. Yeah. Um, and if you told me, like, you know, what was going to happen after I write Gatsby, uh, then I'd be like, this is that's – a, that's, a, that's a lot of dominoes. Uh, I'm just having some fun. So um, go into but, that a little bit. What, what are some of the dominoes that fell after you wrote Gatsby? Um, the dominoes that fell after is – like, I wasn't even on Twitter before that. Um, really? That was – I had an agent reach out to me and say, why aren't you on Twitter? And I was just like, I don't know how to use that thing. And he said, like, <laughs> you need to be on there. And so it was because of that agent that I actually made my Twitter. And the first tweets are just like, so obviously, like, hashtag F Scott Fitzgerald, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think that, like, the first two months on there, uh, I just exclusively, like, tweeted my pitches for Saw Traps. And there's like nothing else. And I had like 200 followers. And you look back at that and you're like, that's, you know, almost kind of sweet, very earnest. Um, yeah. And now I have a very specific kind of niche audience that's been built up. But I realize whenever Gatsby happened, how little I knew about the industry, how little I knew about agents and talking to producers and all those things that have happened because of Gatsby. I didn't know any of that whenever I wrote yeah. Muppets Gatsby, uh, whenever I was 25, whenever I did that. that was That's my Orson Welles Citizen Kane moments. They're both 25. <laughs> yeah. Citizen Kane both on the same level, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> both on the same level, I imagine. So when I talk about things going viral and not being upset or you know just doing it for yourself, I did Gatsby and then I still had, it was still the pandemic and I was waiting, you know, to get like 
we were all waiting for our lives to kind of start again. So I said, pick another project, find something else that may go, you know, viral, but you're still going to want to do, you know, to enjoy as yourself. And I thought about doing the silent film edit of Batman. And that took about a month of uh, doing that. And I tried to put it online and it just wouldn't go anywhere. It just, mm-hmm. there were so many copyright strikes and, you know, I, again, wasn't upset because I was like, yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. And I would show it to friends and they would always love it. And I just rewatch it myself sometimes. Like, you know, that was the true, I go back and I read my own script so much and I'm giggling like an idiot. <laughs> and that truly is what I think you should be doing as a writer. So with Batman, I did that, got no attention. Um, and then last September, I believe, a clip was shared on Twitter and it blew up and I had so many people messaging me and saying like, get me the full copy. And mm-hmm. so as a result of having some people interested, I was able to have people help me and get it online in a way that it could be seen for everyone. Now there's underground screenings and I'm actually going to a theater tomorrow to talk about screening it. Um, oh, it's nice. been incredibly cool to be able to share that with people. Um, yeah. And again, that's not something that, you know, like, Gatsby uh, definitely helps me as a writer with getting, you know, in the room to talk to people and producers. Uh, but with the Batman silent, that to me is just, I love silent films. I love Batman. And I love that I can share that with people. Um, that's just, again, a great joy that as a creator, you get to see what you've created, make other people as happy as you're happy viewing it. Can you talk a little about the specifics of making that? Because that's... I think that's where I found you. He had followed you a little before, but it, your edit plays so well as a silent film. Cause I've, I've had to watch all those films. We both love like Nosferatu and stuff. And the, the Burton sets are so inspired by that era. Like how do you, yeah. Yeah. How do you bridge the two to make Batman look like a convincing silent film the way you did? Well, it was very easy because Burton's film is basically like a big budget, you know, superhero silent film. You can tell so clearly his influences, especially in Batman Returns. That's the thing is the Batman I'm very proud of, but there's a version of Batman Returns, which has no Prince songs, which that was the biggest thing was you had to still keep the Prince songs. I think my ideal with it is that we could get it screened one day and we'll have an organ playing the Prince songs. Uh, doing that, but I know his lawyers will still kick down the doors. Um, (laughs) but so what I remember, I'm, I'm a big Batman fan. I always have been. Um, and I remember watching, uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, um, for the first time. And actually, hold on. I think that you can see. Yeah, I've got a little Metropolis. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I watched Fritz Lang's Metropolis for the first time when I was a teenager and the ending of that film has this big cathedral um, chase and uh, where the bad guy's taking the damsel and the hero's going to save her. And I thought, like, this is what happens in Tim Burton's Batman. And I immediately, like, went and watched afterwards. And that's when I realized I was just like, he's, he, he's made a big-budget silent film. And so I became, because of Metropolis, a big silent movie, you know, uh, consumer. And as I watched more, I would see more and more things that pop up in the Tim Burton Batman films. And so I always thought uh, it would be excellent to, I actually, I remember the first time I watched uh, The Man Who Laughs, which is an incredible film, which is the Joker, the Joker. The design of the Joker is based on that. Uh, First time I watched that, again, I was a teenager and I couldn't, the score I found was like 
of my copy I found was so annoying that I just muted it and I put on Danny Elfman's score for Batman. Oh, and it wow. fits so well when I watched wow, that film. Yeah. And I thought, like, this is such a good score. It fits, it fits silent films so well. And even then as a teenager, I was just like, someone needs to do a silent film out of Batman. And then years later, uh, I was like, well, it's the pandemic. What am I going to do? You know, go outside? So here I was editing it together. And again, that felt m much more natural. There wasn't – in those fun projects I do, there is never a moment where I'm quote unquote suffering. I'm never like, you know, whiskey in hand, uh, just hand over my face <laughs> like, oh, God, what's the next thing? It's just like I knew with that um, there is like the – the, the small things that I added in that are like cute moments, like um, when Harvey Dent's having a press conference and it does the little like uh, circle zoom in on Bruce Wayne's name and he's like not yeah. there. Um, like that's a little cute thing I added. And like there was never a question of me doing that. Like I got to that point in the edit. And I was like, OK, circle zoom in, cut, you know, and it's like that's a silent film transition that they commonly do. And I watched the scene and I was just like, well, here's what Burton would have done if it was a silent film. It just seemed like such a natural answer um to what you know the film would have been as a silent film i mean the only thing that is not what it would be is the print songs um but yeah, yeah. that they have to stay you can't get rid of the print yeah, songs. of course of course if something doesn't feel natural to me when i'm writing a fun thing like that um then i'll probably abandon it and you know that's the, for everything for you know muppets gatsby and the Shaggy Dog script I wrote the other month. Uh, yeah, the Shaggy Presidents, I was, you know. I saw your tweet where you did like the one scene, and I was like, this dude's gonna write the whole thing. And the next thing you know, you started posting more and more pages. <laughs> Again, that was something that was just so quickly written. Again, because if I said, I'm writing a Shaggy Dog script, it's just like, it's been going on for six months. People would, you know, put me in a hospital. Um, but if I say, I wrote a Shaggy Dog script in a few days, They'd say like, oh, that's fun, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just, it comes naturally. Um, there was, again, no suffering over a script where a dog is the president. Um, <laughs> yeah. as, there, as there shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> if I told you, just like, I'm just racked with, you know, uh, getting depressed writing the script. People would be like, <laughs> what? Um, but that's the thing is it's like normally in between, like if I have a big pitch or if I have um, a script that is like emotionally draining me. Um, mm -hmm. then I'll write a fun thing. Like, uh, I had a, I had a pitch and then immediately jumped into, uh, the shaggy president, like right after, uh, the pitch deck was done and sent off, uh, because I was like, hey, now something fun. What kind of stuff are you writing when you're not like riffing on pop culture? Like what are, what are some of the original oh, things you're doing? Uh, that's the thing is, yeah. If you read like one of my scripts that is not riffing on pop culture, uh, they'll be like, wow, this is very serious. You know, um, this, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I um, commonly do horror scripts as I came from that horror screenwriting contest. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of horror scripts and scripts that have to do with um, history that like allow me to – I really enjoy as a writer a project that deeply lets me um, fall into history. Um, mm. And I'm working on a project now that allows me to um, like – I go to a research library and read about very obscure things that happen in Chicago history. And it's so cool because I get to walk in there oh, wow. and I'm like, I'm working yeah. on a project and I talk to them about it and they just take me back to go see like literally obscure artifacts. That you have to wear gloves to go, you know, near and yeah. read stuff. Um, awesome. It just, I, that's the best thing about writing is it encourages you to kind of get out of your own head 
Um, there's a whole world out there um, that you can adapt into your own story. Um, so whenever I'm not um, writing these fun scripts, you'll read like something very depressing about Hurricane Katrina or 9-11 that I've done yeah. a lot of research on. Uh, and that's such a shock to people whenever they're like, this is the fun guy. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, it's, you know, as a writer, you want to have, uh, you want to show that you can do a lot of things. You want to show that there's more than just the media you consume. There's how you view the world and how, you know, your own lens, how you lend real events or, you know, real emotions that people are feeling and need a, almost a story to help them understand. Um, you're able to use your, your unique perspective to help guide people as a writer, you know, for both serious things and fun things. For sure, dude. I, I noticed looking through your website and stuff, you have a lot of your screenplays in there. And one immediately I was like, oh, I got to I got to read that. I haven't gotten a chance to yet, but it's like the the film noir where uh, the actress is try, is they're trying to replace her quote unquote in the movie. Yeah, that's uh, the Giallo uh, La Nuva Roma. Um, that yeah, again, dude. it's like I've never written something that is really a repeat of the last thing. Mm. Um, there are things there, similar themes will pop up in a lot of the stories that I do, um, and that's whenever you read more than three sketches from a writer. This is very interesting. I always, I hate to rag on this writer, but uh, <laughs> I read uh, more than three sketches from a writer and in every single one of the scripts, he had um, a beautiful woman chewing bubble gum. And I brought it up to him. I was just like, I'm a big fan of your writing, but I've noticed you have a beautiful woman chewing bubble gum in all of your scripts. And he went, really? And I went, you didn't notice that, huh? And you're just like, no, I didn't. I do that. And I'm just like, yep, all three scripts, you've had a woman that you mentioned she is chewing bubble gum. I was like, I thought it was just your thing. I thought it was like some reference. And he was just like, I didn't know I do that. And he was like seriously wow. examining himself afterwards. He's like, does my wife know this? You know, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, He's like, is this why I keep buying But he didn't going? realize yeah. it about himself. It was so funny wow. that he didn't know that he did that. And, really you know, so whenever I remember like someone that a friend who's read a lot of my scripts was just like, you have a lot of distrust of the government in your scripts. And I was like, <laughs> I do. And they're just like, yeah, you did. You lived through Hurricane Katrina, didn't you? And I was like, yes, I did. And they're just wow. like, they didn't do a good job, did they? And I'm like, wow, they didn't. And it's like, <laughs> when someone else can look at your own life and like see the things that happened. And it's like, it's very clear that I carry as a kid living through something like Hurricane Katrina and seeing how badly the government handled that, that anything I write uh, will carry part of that um, in it. Um, there, I think identity is a big theme in a lot of scripts that I write. And even in Muppets Gatsby, that becomes a theme um, because uh, it goes meta at the end and Kermit is obviously, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not Jay Gatsby. Come on. You know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I could, analyze the shaggy the shaggy dog script i wrote in a few days and be like it's man's the the two the duality of man you know uh you're like wow he's he's done it again um so it's it's very interesting whenever you write more you're going to re realize things about yourself that you know nobody could tell you um you have to write it and you have to let it come out for you to understand how you view the world and in anything you write you're going to be present in your own writing. And that's why I enjoy writing so much 
is because you continue to learn about yourself and how you view the world. And I enjoy reading from people, other people so much because it allows me to learn about them. Um, that's, there's no one who's able to hide themselves in their stories, but they will tell you things they would not tell a therapist yeah, in their yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, I've been doing yeah, that recently. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't, don't just go to therapy to get someone to read your scripts. That's not, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I more so recommend just writing the scripts. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I think we have in common is the, uh, love of the first scream movie. I stumbled upon a podcast you did with some of your your friends or colleagues where you dissected the original Scream script versus what Wes Craven did with the movie. And uh, man, what a that was really interesting because that's probably if it's not my favorite movie, it's it's definitely tied for my favorite movie. And that was really interesting. That was yes, such an interesting exercise to do. Because I really recommend to anyone that you find a uh, script of one of your favorite films and read along with it because it opens up a whole new world in how it was written. Uh, one of my favorite things in the Scream 2 script is that Williamson just writes, uh, Wes will make this scary. Uh, and like, there's like, no description <laughs> of like, what is happening yeah. in the scene. Wow. Uh, but my favorite revelation from um, reading that script is my favorite line in the original Scream film is whenever Randy says, like, this is the part when the killer comes back with a second scare. And then he goes, ah, and then Sydney shoots him in the head. And she goes, not in my movie. And that's such a right. good line. But yeah. if you read the script, that's not the line. No, she it's shoots not. him in the head and says, <laughs> no, and not. that, Billy Boy, is for having an incredibly small weenie. And my, my buddies and I were like looking at that. We're just like, no, you know, it's like, where, where's the best line in the movie? Um, but it's, it's so cool checking that out and seeing the moments where Craven came in and said, well, this is good, but can we make this better? There's smaller things uh, like uh, the grocery store scene goes on yeah. way too long in the script. Um, Dewey is a far better character in the movie than he is in he's the like script. He's like handsome in the script. He's supposed to be like a, like a that's, cool guy. That's the other thing is – um, the men in the script are given much more description than the women. And that's, again, what I was saying about whenever you want to learn about a writer, you read their scripts because uh, every woman is like, this is Tatum. She's hot, you know. But then it gets to like Dewey and it's just like, oh, he's handsome. You know, he's got yeah. he's got muscles on his muscles. It, like it goes into the description uh, on him. But then you see him in the movie and he's just a goofy guy. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's funny, like, because the line carried over whenever in the script, Gail says, oh, does the force require you to work out? And in the script, he's just <laughs> obviously this muscle, handsome guy. But in the movie, he's just like, you know, uh, <laughs> David Arquette. And that just makes yeah. it so much funnier. <laughs> that he's able to play off of that. Um, so this, the original screen script is such a wonderful lesson on how you adapt um, into a film and how that, you know, basically reach the next level. It was yeah. very cinematic and it was also written in a way that would allow a great director to come in and make it everything that it could be. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I say people can learn from that script is how to make a cinematic story, a story that can only be told on film. And also, you know, too many writers want everything to be controlled by them and they wouldn't want to, mm. they would not want a word changed. And you should write your scripts that they can be changed and adjusted because it's not just you. Um, yeah. The point of this creative process is that you're bringing more people into it. Um, it's your world and you're allowing others to inhabit it. 
Um, so you can't just like write something and also, you know, direct it in the script. That's why it's so funny when he says, Wes will make this scary. That's like one of my favorite lines because that's, that's the whole point. You've made yeah. the world. Now they've got to, you know, create it. They've got to make it alive. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I was curious though, when, when stuff like Muppet Gatsby and the Batman film, and even just like some of your other funny tweets take off, like, have you, has that had an impact on the serious stuff? Have you made cool connections or is it just like you just get a lot of fans and you get to make people laugh for a little bit? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I mean, that's the other thing is it's just like my friends back home in Mississippi think I'm famous and it's like, no, you know? <laughs> um, but that's, you know, you have to learn how to be online in a healthy way. Uh, because you do interact with people. And it's like at a certain point, you know, the very serious creative people um, aren't going to want to be online as much because like, mm, you know, yeah. you're always going to have insane haters. Like yeah. if you make one film and you put it out there, there's going to be someone who just wishes death upon you because they gave it two stars. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they live on the Internet and they make it their whole personality to hate you. And so it's like once those people get to a certain point, um, they kind of don't want to be online interacting. It's much harder now. But every meeting I've had, every person I've talked to, every celebrity I've connected with has been because of Muppets Gatsby. And that's kind of – so when you said like people, who have you connected with, who have you talked to, uh, my biggest advice to anyone who ever does have something take off is shut up. Because too many people yes. have a little success. Yes. They get online and they're like, big things coming my way, then nothing happens. They look, they look yeah. like an idiot. Talk about that or, all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's it's it's very depressing that you will see people like, you know, go on Twitter and be like, just had a big meeting, gonna go so well. Or, you know, it's like they they had a meeting an hour ago and they're already bragging about it when the person's like, you know, not gonna reply to them now because they see that they're not serious. Um, they immediately want the gratification of getting attention, of having fame. Um, and that's not what it's about. Um, you enjoy these things and you celebrate them when they, you know, turn out well. Uh, but again, you just can't be disappointed by things. You do things for yourself. You have your happiness. And I still write every week and I'm happy to do it regardless of what it is I'm writing. If it's one of my serious horror scripts or if I'm writing like a Brady Bunch meets the White Lotus uh, spinoff <laughs> thing. It's just like it's it, it, it's what I want to be doing, and it makes me happy. And if it makes other people happy, then that's absolutely wonderful, and it's always a joy. Yeah, for sure. I I have one last question before we wrap up. And absolutely, I can't believe it's already been almost forty minutes, man. We need to stay in touch because I also <laughs> hyperfixate on all of these things. Uh, how do you – so you said that if you're maybe a little uh, too into something serious, you'll write something fun. How do you keep yourself um, focused or disciplined enough to not uh, leave a project completely behind and move on to the next thing? Sometimes with a serious project, you need to leave it and move on for a little while is the thing. Um, that's like, I always, again, people want to almost speed run being a writer and having success and they'll have something serious that they think is very good. 
and they don't sit on it. They don't, they're not able to objectively look at it. And that's the thing is a lot of writers have had something they've written and they're like, oh, this is great. And they look at it two years later and they're like, oh my God, you know, yeah, oh, it's yeah, an amateur. Yeah. Um, and it, you can write something that, that's um, – there's a script I'm working on with a co-writer right now that is set in Baltimore. And we're going to finish the script and we're going to sit on it and we're going to go to Baltimore. And then we're going to take a look <laughs> at it afterwards. And after basically <laughs> oh, being cool. where the characters are, having sat on it, that allows us – this kind of fresh perspective to tackle again. Um, so there are moments where you need to go out at hundred percent and just, you know, with something fun. Like I said, if I was taking a break on Brady Bunch White Lotus, which I'm not writing that by the way, that was just spitballing. I'm sorry to but like someone should. <laughs> tantalize you with that. Um, <laughs> but if I was writing Brady Bunch White Lotus and I was like racking my brain over it, couldn't get it. I got to drop that. Because that's not something to torture yourself over. The things yeah. that are important, you know, uh, like like I said with the Baltimore script, that we know it'll help us to sit on it and then go to Baltimore and then allow us to look back more objectively at what we had written and created. Um, so there are moments where you need to take time for research. I'm, I'm a big plan guy where I say, like, listen, you, you spend two weeks researching um, it, whenever I write something that's set in Chicago, I can go to the locations that it is set in. That makes it so wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do believe if that if you're writing something and you're not feeling it, it is perfectly fine to abandon that. You are not a loser for having given up on a story. It, it's not even giving up on stories because there are so many things I've written where I felt like this isn't working and then I abandon it and then I take some of the ideas from that and then it goes to the next thing. I mean, you look at like mm -hmm. E.T., the original version was supposed to be like a horror movie about aliens. It was like a farm thing. It said yeah. it's nothing like E.T. And then Spielberg was just like, what if we did something nice? And it's like there's a whole other <laughs> script that exists called Night Skies um, and it's nothing like E.T., but because of this horror movie Night Skies, E.T. exists and E.T. is wonderful. And yeah. it's – there are – you know, I don't see anything in writing as mistakes if you give up on something because every time you write a new word on a page, you're learning more about yourself. You're learning more about the project and what you want to see in a story. So any writing that you do as a creative is good because it serves either that script or your next thing. Wow, man. Dude, that's, that's really great advice. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for happy, coming happy out. Happy to give any advice. Hey, for sure, man. Yeah. Hey, this was a ton of fun. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Taking time out of writing the Brady Bunch White Lotus. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, I know you guys are going to like check Twitter tomorrow and see the full scripts on there. He's like, yeah, don't keep yeah. on the wall. He lied to us. <laughs> man, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed both that that found footage horror yeah. and our Ben Crew interview. Dude, man, I was so excited. It was very awesome to have him on the show. I've been a fan of his yeah. Twitter for a really long time. Um, make sure you go follow him on Twitter and, and everything else because that dude, he, he's he's killing it. He, he messaged me the other day. He has some big news. Um, oh, nice. And, uh, nice. So everybody just needs to go follow him and, and watch his career. Yeah, man, dude... Uh, He's got a lot of cool projects in the works. He's writing a lot of cool screenplays. But also, before one of those gets made, like just follow him, and who knows? Like yeah. you might you might have a whole Mad Men feature <laughs> just, <pop laughs> just on, on your timeline. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, that was super interesting. Um, and then the found footage horror short. 
And it's a, it's fun. It's up there in terms of, you know, I was thinking about this. I didn't even realize we had kind of technically already done a found footage horror really? way back season one, somewhere in like the first 10 episodes. We did a film about an influencer. Oh, a slasher yeah. shows up to the influencer while she's live streaming, and the whole thing is on the live stream oh, wow. screen. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot completely about forgotten that. about that. That one was like your favorite episode for a long time. Like, you really yeah, liked that. Yeah. One. I forgot all about that. Dude, we need to, we need to just start making shot on iPhone horrors. <laughs> yeah, we could be the shot on iPhone yeah. guys. <laughs> Man, hey, this has been a killer episode. Um, make sure. Uh, what, what what's happening? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at yep. Written by Pod. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and TikTok and uh, all of the social medias. Uh, you can join our Patreon, uh, which is really cool. You get some cool benefits. We go through them in every outro, so there's no need to go through it. Uh, our Discord is open to the public. If you would like yep. access to the Discord, there should be a link in the description. Um, and finally, if you want to submit a story topic yes guys we did a we did two listener episodes back to back because we uh we missed one like the first month this 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 episode it was made possible by you guys yeah if you have any more ideas you want us to put in our listener bowl we need to fill this listener bowl up guys yeah fill it up with your ideas email them to written by podcast at gmail.com also rival pitch ideas if you have a franchise or a genre you want to hear us pitch a feature on yeah email those written by podcast or written by podcast at gmail.com yes also we have written by podcast.com yeah we got that now talk to us there if you ever like man i don't see written by on enough platforms i want to type in a url <laughs> and look at written by you could do that the now. website's cool though because it has yeah everything in one yeah. place as we're trying to optimize our seo we're trying to get <laughs> oh yeah you know it dog um our logo was designed by taylor lockery um, our music was produced by Robert and Drew. Um, yeah. Hey, we've been having so much fun this season. I yep. think this season's been really strong so far. We've been having a ton of fun. We've been making some really great stories. And uh, we've been really appreciative of all you guys uh, kind of like being a part of everything on the Instagram and the TikTok yep. and, and YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. We've been doing some fun stuff on there. And we're about to start doing some kind of like youtube exclusive stuff yeah hopefully in the in the near future so um yeah dude finally i uh i i've tried not to like give too many updates on this because i feel like every time i give an update i jinx myself but i did get the first full pass of triple date music from our composer so triple date based on episode two of this podcast it's still coming out guys yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, we don't need to go into too much detail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But if you listen, if you're someone who's been listening since the beginning, season two, pretty much every episode ended with a update about Trouble Date. Yeah. Uh, when we were in pre-production, when we were actually in production, and when we were in post, and we've been in post for about a year, and <laughs> it's finally about to come out. Yeah. So. Um, it's been a journey. I don't know why I'm talking like uh-huh. I, I think I'm just very uh, I'm tired, yeah. and when I get tired, sometimes I get sentimental. Yeah, and I feel very grateful. No, I'm very sentimental about that project too. Yeah, because it's like the first like full circle moment. We made this podcast 
so do that this. we could have ideas for actual short films. And we yeah. shot and edited an actual short film. And and it's one of the most popular episodes that we've ever done. Like people, it's. I think we've got some better ones in the past two seasons, uh-huh. but especially in season one, that was like everyone's yeah. favorite yeah. short that we wrote. So, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Let's give a hint about what's next week. What is next week? <laughs> next week, uh, we have a little help in the writing department. We oh. are pitching on our own. Ooh, that's all you're getting. That's yeah. all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> all right.